Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. I'm Amber and I'm here with Ryan. We are talking through Acts 10 today. Um, There's a lot going on. What are you thinking? Amber just stole my intro. (laughs) I clapped and she was like, I'm doing this intro right now. Uh, is that because you wanted me to talk about what I saw I first? I just feel like every time you intro, it's like, it's like, so what do you think? And then yeah, I'm like, usually you're like, fine, but... There's a trick, because if you set it up, you don't have to talk mm, right away. Exactly. Uh-huh. So, um, your turn. Okay, so <laughs> here's what's going on. Peter is hungry. <laughs> That's what's happening. Peter is in this town, and he is hungry, and he... It actually says that. It's Acts 10, verse 10. And he was hungry. <laughs> But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Yeah, because he was hungry. And he saw the sky open and something like a large sheet come down by four corners. And there were all sorts of animals in it. And a voice said, kill and eat. Yeah, because he was hungry. Yeah, but if it was just hunger, Ryan, he'd be like, okay, let me do that right now. Is this sacrilegious? He'd be like, somebody hand Peter a Snickers, please. Uh, no, obviously there's more going on here than just Peter being hungry. But uh, he's I, definitely I like think, smelling the food being cooked. Yeah, I think though. so. I think he's like, man, how long does it take to make spaghetti, guys? <laughs> That's definitely what they were making. Yeah, of course. Uh, um, okay, so here's the deal. There, there's this vision of all these weird creatures. They're all unclean creatures. And God telling Peter to eat unclean critters is weird. And so it really throws off Peter. Because his whole life has been, don't do that. Yeah. Like, that's not allowed. And God is basically like, hey, I made this clean. Stop it. And so what's happening is that this vision is coinciding with these Gentile people seeking out Peter's message. And so the two work together to say, like, hey, this cultural barrier is going to be broken. Mm. And gentiles are not unclean people like let's bring the gospel to everyone not just jews and you'll see that there's a story that follows um of these apostles running around preaching and it actually says that they were only speaking to jews and so this particular portion of scripture is where we start to see hey god's kingdom is not supposed to just be built among jews it's supposed to be built among the entire world so what i'm hearing is the sheet and the animals is more about the, the, the Gentiles than it is about like actually unclean food. Yeah, I think it is. I Do you think, think it is. that the laws that the Jewish people had in place about the food, like I feel like there's just like so many layers of that, why those things were laws in the Jewish law. Yeah. And so I wonder, because, you know, they just didn't understand how to clean stuff, but then at the same time it was so that they could be in – like relationship with God and like being his, they were being called out to be unique. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when we talk about the Jewish law, we're talking like all the way back into Leviticus. Right. Um, but what has happened is that layer upon layer upon layer of extra biblical rules have been laid out. Right. And I think God is purposely kind of breaking those down to where so it's the like, Id- Hey, the idea of like clean and unclean is much less like, cut and dry. Yeah. I think that's what's happening from this vision. I mean, I mean, it obviously is for us today because we right. can eat things that are, I mean, we can eat shrimp while Peter wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Um, th- yeah. Cause it doesn't make those, those laws previously unnecessary. 
I, I've, I've just heard it so many ways. It, either it's like they're, they're, it's to set them apart so that they're, they're different and that the world looks at them differently. And then it's also to keep them healthy and all this stuff because it probably would with all of their, you know, yeah, it's actually just a good stuff, idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But especially if you're like trying to clean shrimp and you don't know how to clean shrimp, like that's a real problem. Um, but, then you have people, and I've heard this preached, that it's so that they could actually physically be in the presence of God. Mm. So and the question is, like, do all of these things become clean now? Or are we just talking about, like, the Gentiles? I just feel like there's so many layers of it. There's there's going to come, actually. I think it's Acts 15. Um, it's the Jerusalem Council. Because, th- I mean, this becomes a problem, like, where they're like, okay, how do we determine who's actually honoring God with their lives and who isn't? Um, and in Acts, I'm trying to find it. Sometimes it's difficult to find stuff in this Bible. Um, maybe it's here. Yeah. The Jerusalem Council is Acts 15, starting verse 22. Um, basically what's happening is they're like, hey, we need to figure out what it means to be a Christian and how we can distill that as far down as possible so that we're not burdening people with like extra rules that we don't need. Um, so Acts fifteen twenty nine. you must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. And so they distill it down. They don't talk about clean or unclean. They say, like, like don't eat the blood. That's not great. Um, and don't be sexually immoral. Like, so they, they distill it down as far as possible. Mm. And they make it possible in some ways to be a cultural Christian um, so that they can deal with these these separations yeah. because these Jews and Gentiles were viewing life completely differently and they need to fix that. Um, I also think it's interesting. So like when Peter shows up at Cornelius's house, he's like, Hey, you know that it's against the rules for me to even be in your house. But what's interesting is that Peter had followed Jesus around for three years where he was routinely going into houses. He wasn't allowed to be in. Yeah. Um, so I, it, in some ways it's a continuation of what Jesus was already doing. Sure. Um, but it is like, it, it gives them a little bit of pause uh, and it is pretty controversial what they're doing. But yeah. ultimately, it's about spreading the gospel around the world to all kinds of different people. Well, yeah. And you see that kind of prejudice is very deep in the Jewish society. I mean, yes. we knew that. But even Peter is sitting up there having a vision from God. And God's like, hey, do this. And he's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't doing that. Yeah. Well, it's pretty crazy. And I guess he went back downstairs and the soup was finally done. <laughs> And then know. he had a had a snack, and then he was like, yeah. all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, something else that kind of stuck out to me was you have King Herod kind of killing his Yeah, first. James gets killed. Poor James. So James is killed with a sword, and mm. he found out that the, the Jews loved that. He was like, sweet. And so he's like, great, let's, let's bring on more, more of this. And so Peter's imprisoned, and we're going to get a story about Peter in prison tomorrow from Acts 12. So, yeah. Oh, and it's been a year. Yeah. Yes. The time is passing. Yep. Exactly. So a lot happened in that year. How do you think that they celebrated the Passover celebration, like as Christians now? I think they, I think they continue to do a lot of the the same things because actually there's, there's, there's an argument that could be made that if we continued to celebrate those feasts and festivals, we actually would have a much richer picture of who God is. It, do, it doesn't mean that God would be different to us. It just means like that we looking, would understand yeah. some of those illusions. Because there's a lot That's built good. into Passover. We talked about that on the podcast before. There's a lot built into Passover that 
alludes to the coming Messiah, mm. that if we continued to celebrate Passover, um, because, I mean, it would, it would be faith-enriching for us to yeah. do that, um, because we would be recognizing the, uh, you know, we've been grafted into this family, like our family being delivered from Egypt, from slavery, um, but also uh, those ideas of this coming Messiah, and we would identify like, oh, Jesus did that. Like, mm-hmm. that's why Jesus did that. Like, there, there's a lot from those yeah. feasts and festivals that we could appreciate. It's, so you should think that this should be something that we do as a culture. I, I think it's I think it's like personal preference, but I think that if you want to dive into some of those things, there is a lot of rich imagery in those things. Yeah. And it's I think it's really fantastic. I mean, the the reason that God told his people to do these kinds of things is so that they would not forget right. the stories and the history and the culture. And they they did. I mean, celebrating these feasts and festivals did mm-hmm. not save them from idolatry. But if we as followers of Jesus, I think, wanted to enrich our faith and maybe perhaps like just commit more time to our history as Christians. Yeah, it's much more historical. It is. And it, it's it's really, really neat. And ultimately, the point of these things was imagery, but also like rest and restoration. Mm-hmm. And so for us to emulate some of those things is really healthy. Yeah, something that we don't celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Like when, even looking at Christmas, how, how much weight that is for us as Christians, the celebration of Jesus's birth and Easter, mm-hmm. those things. But those are pretty much like the big two that we celebrate as Christians like yeah. now. Yeah. But the Passover is definitely looking back, saying this is the fulfillment that's about to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. It's interesting. I never really considered that before. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to be digging into Acts 12 uh, with Peter escaping from prison. Spoiler alert. Maybe that's like a trailer for tomorrow. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. Acts 10, starting in verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on a flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God had made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? 
They said, We are sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was awaiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up, I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside, where many others were assembled. Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this, or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replied, Four days ago I was praying in my house about the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the house of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, and he ordered us to preach everywhere and testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. But when Peter arrived in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. Then Peter told them exactly what had happened. I was in the town of Joppa, he said, and while I was praying, I went into a trance and saw a vision. Something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners from the sky, and it came right down to me. When I looked inside the sheet, I saw all sorts of tame and wild animals, reptiles and birds, and I heard a voice say, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, I replied, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But the voice from heaven spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. This happened three times before the sheet and all it contained was pulled back up to heaven. Just then there were three men who had been sent from Caesarea, arrived at the house where we were staying. The Holy Spirit told me to go with them and not to worry that they were Gentiles. 
These six brothers here accompanied me, and we soon entered the home of the man who sent for us. He told us how an angel had appeared to him in his home and had told him, send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He will tell you and everyone in your household how they can be saved. As I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning. Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of those Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. When Then Barnabas went on to Tarshish and looked for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take the elders of the church in Jerusalem. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned them, placing them under guard and of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.